Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Live at Birds. Um, we're coming to you at a pivotal part of Liverpool season. And to talk through uh, the latest happenings, I have our regular contributor, Randy, and we have a new live bird joining us today, which is Ceylon. So welcome, both of you. Hello. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. I'm delighted. And uh, we've got lots and lots to talk about. But um, Ceylon, just tell us a little bit about yourself before we start getting into uh, the action. Uh, what's your interest in terms of uh, Liverpool and pods and all things football? Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, I just want to say thanks for uh, having us on the podcast. It's great to be involved. Um, yeah, so I have uh, been a Liverpool fan, you know, from birth, as we all have, and raised raised by two Liverpool mad parents um, who both uh, spent time in the city when they went to university there. So that's where the Liverpoolness comes from. Didn't really have a choice as a kid, which uh, is, I think, the only way to raise a child. Definitely. In terms of uh, podcasting, I um, am a regular contributor to the team of John O'Shea's podcast, um, and and from that, um, Sachin Nakrani invited me on Media Matters um, after an episode we'd done with uh, Tojo's. Um, so, yeah, really new to um, Anfield Index, and it's really, really exciting to be involved. So thank you. Uh, thanks again for uh, in- including me. You're more, you're more than welcome. Um, welcome aboard the Live Birds bus. Um, so <clears throat> we're going we're gonna to talk um, all things City, I think. And... Uh, that seems to be what's on most people's minds at the moment. And we may touch on the derby, but frankly, there wasn't an awful lot to say. But anyway, let's start, let's start with the, with the city game, Champions League, first leg, um, at Anfield. So, uh, Randy, let's start with you. Could it have well, been any better? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> and I was so, so scared before this match, I must admit. Uh, of course, not being able to be there, which I'm very envious of the people that was. Uh, but following it frantically, you know, the, everything leading up to it and uh, with all the things that happened with the buses and the, you know, I, I think I was crying hours before the match started uh, and hardly stopped since because uh, I was not I was not expecting this at all so I was in this pub in Oslo Central uh, packed mm. with uh, you know both fans but I didn't realize until we started to score how many Liverpool fans there were because we were all <laughs> over the place it was just absolutely and, and as I said I didn't expect this and I must admit on beforehand it you know, when the nerves take you, I tend to go in a negative way. So I sort of tend to focus on what could go wrong, you know. Mm-hmm. And even though we we probably had our best team without Chan on on the on the cross, but then again, I was focusing on you know what could happen with the Trent side of it all. And I must admit, afterwards, he was the star of the game, wasn't he? So uh, just everything turned upside down and I was so, so happy about it all. <laughs> and of course, thinking about you guys being there, that must have been, I can't wait to hear how that was, you know, in real life. <laughs> well, I wish I wish I could uh, blame my croaky voice on the fact that it's still I'm still recovering um, <laughs> from Wednesday. Unfortunately, I think I'm fighting a bit for cold but um but yes I, I i have to say it was a it was a pretty special atmosphere 
So where where were you watching the game? Um, on, I, did you manage to watch the game on Wednesday? Yeah, so actually it was um I was playing football actually till till about eight o'clock and then uh, I was uh, I was on the pitch and I just kept being like, does anyone know what the time is? Does anyone know what the time is? Anyone know? And I was like, I can't miss more than fifteen. And then I I ran from the pitch to the the closest pub, got in the pub as as Alex Oxley Chamberlain's back was jumping into the air, and I was like, oh no! I was like so excited that it was two 0 but I'd also missed two goals. So um, I get get straight in the pub, and then um, got to, got to enjoy from about twenty minutes onwards. To 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 be honest, and then there was that the the Mane goal was the first thing I got there for, and oh, it was it was. I think in in the day I'd been quite relaxed about it. I think I hadn't mm-hmm. I hadn't thought too much about it. I'd had one on the uh, in the morning. One of my bosses had rang me, who's also a Liverpool fan, and we spoke for twenty minutes. She had a really quick question to ask me, but we had a twenty minute phone conversation about the match, and uh, <laughs> she'd said. <laughs> she'd said that um she was really worried about Trent etc and and didn't know whether to play him tonight and and things like that but we just we talked and I was like oh I haven't really put much thought into this I'm just my whole my whole mindset going into this game is that it's a quarter final at Anfield against an incredible team and we know we're going to get a, a fantastic match whatever happens and I think that was kind of my 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 mindset to it and I thought I mean part of me was like we've got the power of Anfield behind us but I never imagined it was going to be like it was <laughs> I just thought like I think I was <laughs> I was too young in in 2005 and the Chelsea game mm. to, to to totally appreciate that so for me that was kind of my first even watching it through the TV and following at five o'clock when I finished work loads of tweets of, of the, the streets just absolutely packed with with pyro, I thought, yeah, like, something special is going to happen tonight. It was, it was a, it was an incredible um, atmosphere. I have to say, I, I did feel pretty privileged to be there, and and you know, even the group that I I go to the game with, we normally normal games, you know, we're getting in ten, fifteen minutes max before the game starts. Sometimes even closer than that. Um, we were we were in the ground uh, i would say a good half an hour before the game started which is which is a long time for us but it had been filling up for about at least an hour before kick off and, yeah and as you said all the all the all the streets you know were packed with people you could feel you could feel the buzz you could feel the electricity crackling as you were walking down to the ground there was something there was something in the air and and like i said for for me um so uh, but you know i'm lucky if i was old enough to remember 2005 <laughs> and to be it was it was a similar thing not quite as intense there was a different there was a different sort of intensity because we'd already built up this animosity and 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 we we'd had these series of games against chelsea at the time but there was definitely something in the air um and and so being in there and you knew something was going to happen the conversation i'd had before the game um so so the office that i work in there are three other liverpool fans in there it's a it's a big office a lot of people not that interested in football but the ones that are um, three of us four of us in total actually are yeah are liverpool fans there's a couple of man U, um the west ham and there's some other odds and sods um but I remember talking to the to the um, actually one of the Man U guys, and I said to him, "Are you going to be watching the game?" And he went and he said, "Yeah." He said, "I am." He said, "I'm going to watch the game." I said, "Who who are you going to cheer for?" He said, <laughs> "Maybe the referee." <laughs> said, "Maybe I'll hope he has a good game." He said, "Because I generally don't know what to do um, because it's like my worst nightmare come true." Um, but what I was saying was I genuinely didn't know what was going to happen in the game. I said it could be anything. It could be nil-nil all the way up to 5-5. Five, five. I, I, mm. I genuinely had no idea. Um, and for me, the the you know, we will come on and talk about, about the players, but to me the, the, the kind of greatest element of that game was not allowing City to score and for them not to have an away goal to go into the second leg. I did not expect that. 
Yeah. I genuinely thought they would score at Anfield. I, do you know what? Quite... Sorry, go on. No, no, I was going to say, do you know what it, it, it was? It was a company deciding to shoot towards the cop <laughs> and stop us. Stop us from shooting towards the cop in the second <laughs> half. Never mess with the power of Anfield. <laughs> I got one text from my well, dad after the game that said, this was company's fault. He should, he should never have made that decision. <laughs> Being like, now he's learned his lesson. I was like, yes, dad, all of the result is entirely down to that. But... <laughs> <laughs> But it was, it, uh, and I also think it it sort of, I don't think they were expecting us to not sit off exactly, but to take quite a, the measured start that we did at the beginning of the game. Um, because I think I think they were expecting us to kind of go balls out and just go full gag and press in, you know, from, from second one. Um, and actually we didn't do that. So I think they felt they got a full sense of security in terms of settling into their passing rhythms and all of the rest of it. And then when we stepped it up and we went, they just looked shell-shocked. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the performances. And Randy, you you, you mentioned uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, um, who I, I don't think you were alone. I think there are a number of people who were probably pretty nervous about him coming up against Sané because Sané's been having an outstanding season. Um, but I think, I think you know, if we're going to talk about him, we have to talk about both fullbacks. Um, yeah. We have to talk about him and Robertson, um, both of which I I just thought were were outstanding. Um, and you could, you, to be fair, you could have every anybody on that team, maybe excluding Carriers, who had fuck all to do. Um, <laughs> If anyone on that team, man of the match, who would you have picked? I know who got it, but would you stuck with that or would you have picked somebody else? Well, I thought that was very difficult to decide because for me it was, even though you could see that, I was just looking at the um, the highlights just before now uh, and one thing that is, sort of stands out is Robertson that picks up the ball uh, in our box and goes all the way up to their box and end up shooting. And of course that, that has to do with City letting him do that. But at the same time, his mentality is like, why not? And when you do that enough times, uh, it, it sort of ends up being, um, self, uh, what's it called? That word, you know, when, when it sort of happens to you. And, and he did that all the time. And at the same time, I think he was also over at the other side helping Trent out. And I don't know how he does that. And, and Milner was down there helping out Lovren. I didn't see him in, in a, you know, a close up a lot during that match. And that must mean he's done a brilliant match because normally you sort of zoom in on him when he's done something funny. I could, I could not remember that happening during that match. And, and Bobby as well, you know, box to box all the time. And Salah, Bobby, the way they play. Uh, and I think one of the, key points with Trent is that because we do remember those two times, you know, during the last five games that he has been found out and he has been uh, in defensive duty. Uh, but at the same time, when he is allowed to go forward like he was this match, I think they just said, do what you do best. And when he does that, everyone else covers for him in the back and he becomes an extra forward for us so I think uh, to me it's very difficult to say he was the best in that match uh, definitely but I think the defence altogether should have the prize <laughs> well I think I, I think I'm tr- there was some, somebody said something before the, the Manchester derby about um, Pogba and you know and, and mentioned like the you know the 89 million and stuff and I and I think I tweeted something to the effect of we would have got more than ten Andy Robertsons for that. <laughs> yeah. um, and and I just and I and I it, and it's not about the money because you know you pay whatever the market price is for the player that you want. But I just every time I see him play, I just sit there and go, it was a it's an absolute steal. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. What whatever you know. 
it w- he would have been worth it at twice the price. But I, I just, I mean, you know, in effect, we swapped him for Kevin Stewart, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. and, That's a robbery. Um, That's a robbery. Yeah. <laughs> it, and I just, he, he reminds me of the the players of old, and and uh, so I'm a little bit older than you, Salon, but I, so I remember some of our our fullbacks from from previous years where you know and it is an area that we've struggled with um you know we've had a couple of good players but they've been very fragile and and i think fingers crossed he could he could be our left back for a very very long time i i love his crossing ability when he puts a some of some of the crosses that he puts into the penalty area just beg it to be gobbled up and i think actually we have that's one one of the things I'd say we haven't taken enough advantage of his crossing ability in terms of being able to convert that um, in the box. But but, but who who stood out for you, Salon? I mean, I know it was an overall uh, you know brilliant performance, but but who who particularly yeah. resonated with you from Wednesday? I think a number of players, definitely um, Robertson and, and Trent. I think I think one of the things with um, Trent Alexander that I felt really kind of emotional about after the game was um how how we operate as a club where one week your worst player can be mm-hmm. absolutely tormented by fans on on social media etc and and it can be very very obvious that they are the one week link in the chain and then the next week which is probably the biggest game in our season he can turn around and become the best player in that side at like his his ability to have managed Leroy Sané, who is the best player in the league in terms of attacking ability, apart from Mo Salah, maybe, then it, it, it wasn't just Trent doing Trent and going forward. It was Trent going, okay, what was I weak on in the last, in the last yeah. few performances? What do I, what have I needed to work on? And he had the, he had at 19 years old, he had the mentality to go in and take on Leroy Sané in that atmosphere, which can be, it can go one of two ways, can't it? It can either really rally you up or it can really throw you, and, and as we saw it did yeah. for City players. And for a 19-year-old boy to go, you know, my job right now is to defend and to, and to prove something. I think that is such an incredible sign of, of such a healthy club environment and what club yeah. Klopp has brought to this this team because not to mention any names or or dig out Mourinho and United all the time but if you look at the instances with Luke Shaw over the season Luke Shaw was a promising young talent and the way he's been managed has been atrocious and probably a big big factor into his into his downfall now he's nowhere near the England squad you've got Trent who makes a few absolutely horrendous mistakes and yet we have Mm. a manager that has totally turned him around seeing that confidence in him and then psyched him up enough uh, him up enough to take on Leroy Sane and just win the ball and you saw that when he when he turned around and and did his did his double yeah. fist pump that, yeah. that was reminiscent <laughs> of so Steven Gerrard in 2005 that was that got me that massively got me to see a young young Trent like absolutely bossing it was uh was really emotional I think and, and it made me really proud to be to be a Liverpool fan because because Klopp is, is, the culture in that club is just clearly really, really healthy and positive and what it should be for, for elite athletes, I think. But in terms of, um, who I think stood out, I think again for me, um, James Milner had a, an incredible yeah. form, performance. He just feels yep. like that rock in midfield that, you know, I feel, I feel safe when James is on the pitch. I feel like there's, there's a steady, it, it kind of goes a little bit under the radar because that's what we expect of James. He's a, he's a, he's a workhorse and, um, but but he brings a certain calmness to the midfield that and that that I feel a bit like Virgil does at the back to be honest that experience and level headedness and I just feel like mm. he is going to work like a hundred percent for ninety minutes and again not to dig out United but we saw Paul Pogba play yesterday in that first half that was horrendous that was a terrible performance and like with James Milner you know what you're going to get and it is just 100% dedication and commitment and just a really tactically astute performance the thing that I I have to say about James Milner so and and there is evidence on pods so I wouldn't you know uh, on previous pods about what I said was I I wasn't that uh, I wasn't that enamoured when we when we signed him on a free I I I, I wasn't I didn't necessarily see what his what his value was, and I do think it has changed as we as we have changed managers. But I have to say, I 
I have been so impressed with him over this season, particularly in the Champions League, um, in terms of his performance. He he has been um, mag- quietly magnificent. And, you know, he's, you know, he's standing at the top of the Champions League assist trees. You know, yeah. he's got more assists than Neymar, <laughs> more assists than Messi, more assists than... And you just think, this is James Milner we're talking about. You know, this is this is the man who actually now parodies himself on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably really my favourite thing to happen in 2018. James <laughs> yeah. Milner on Twitter. Yeah, he's he's hilarious. Um, his his last one I think was the one about um do, doing his doing his shoelaces up with the referee. Yeah, <laughs> and do, you know, like loop, loopy, loopy, loop. Um, Double knot races are never boring. Hashtag yeah. the bunny year. Hashtag hoop, loop, and swoop. <laughs> Honestly, he's, he's a, he is a he's a joy on Twitter. Um, you know, because I I followed the parody account. Uh, for mm-hmm. long enough, because that really amused me. But he's he's out parodying his own parody account. It's fantastic. So I absolutely agree with you on on Milner. Um, I also thought um, Henderson was magnificent. Actually, um, real shame that he got that booking right towards the end of the game, take him out of the second leg. Um, because frankly, if there's one area we are sure of, it's midfield. Um, so and and we'll t- you know we can talk about who we think will will feature injuries uh, permitting on on the return leg, um, but the other thing, um, and I just welcome sort of your views on this is, you mentioned Virgil, um, I mean Man City had I don't know what what level of possession in the second half eighty percent whatever it was, um, and with the exception to be fair of the goal that wasn't offside. Um, they actually never had a shot on target. So I, I, and we all, we all sat there and going, Oh, you know, Virgil van Dyke and what will he bring and stuff? Um, I have to say, I, I have been surprised at the level of, um, calm and leadership he, he has brought in to the, just the centre of the defence, and I guess the debate then starts about who who is his perfect centre back pairing. Um, but but again, you know, you know it, the fee is the fee, but it fe- it feels like it's a steal at this point. You know, sort of four four months into his Liverpool career, um, I, and, and that's the thing I I think you know we. With Man City being as good a side as they are, we were just so organised. There was no panic. Mm. That that that's the thing that I've that I've noticed is when I'm sitting there and we've when we've given away a corner of the free kick, I'm not panicking anymore. Um, or, or got my head in my hands, going, "Oh God, here we go. Here's another <laughs> set piece. Mm-hmm. We're going to concede any second. And I don't know when I started losing that panic. I think it's been a growing realization for me that I'm not panicking anymore. Um, So I I just, I I don't know how you quantify the value of somebody sitting in the crowd, not panicking anymore, because I think (laughs) it's that talk about the symbiotic relationship between, you know, the club and the, and the players and, and the relationship on the pitch. It's what flows down from the stands into the players and and what comes back from the team performance back into the stands and uh, that's it, there's got to be well I suppose there was a question um, can, can you can we say whether that makes a uh, makes a difference in terms of the in terms of how the team performs I don't know I don't know what you think of that Salon man probably just rambling now but you know no, what I'm trying to I think um, I definitely agree, and I don't. I don't have that sensation anymore because I think, as I said before, the City game, I, I, I wasn't. I wasn't stressed, and I think if we didn't have, I think probably Virgil's introduction definitely um, plays a part in that. What I would say is that it's 
you can get it over the TV and you can feel this the calmness. But for me, it really hit when I went. I, I usually only get up to one one game a season. I live in London and it's very difficult to get tickets. And some guy gave me a season tickets to go up to the cop for the Watford game. And um, I didn't really fully appreciate Van Dyke's influence until I saw him. I was I was like four row, row four of the cop and um, really really close to nice him. And and you, close. Yeah, it was amazing. It was incredible. And obviously I was there for that most of our four goals. So mm. it was, uh, it was brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. But, um, Virgil just, just, he strolls around the back line. I know we weren't under much pressure at all from Watford, but there's a, you can, when you watch him and study him for about five minutes, he gets angry with other players when they start to panic. He, it looks like he gets frustrated with them. And he's like, why are you doing that? You don't need to do that. So if you see a little bit of a, a wobbly from Lovren or, or <laughs> Robertson, Robertson's gone a bit roaming or maybe he starts, starts to look like he's stressing out a little bit. There's a bit of a telling off from Virgil that's like, chill out. Look, we're, we, we've got this. We don't need to come. And then you can see him. He just wants the ball all the time. And when he's on the ball, it's, it's just so relaxed. It's just like, it's, it's the player that I would love to be because he can just stand there. He pulls the strings and he and he plays passes and he can he, it's like it's like a deep line centre midfielder it's a bit like what we ha- used to have with Mascarano just that like I'm going to get the ball and I'm going to do what I want with it and then you've also got the added benefit of him being incredible in defence but yeah I definitely agree that there's that there's this calmness that's that's kind of pervaded the team and uh, and allowed us to really be yeah. the best that, that, that we can be and you've, you've seen it with Lovren although there's still a few few patches with Lovren but still his it feels like Lovren's kind of Given that any any of that responsibility and burden that Lovren used to carry as as that mm. centre back has kind of gone over to Virgil, and it's meant that that Dejan can just concentrate on on doing the job and doing all the little things right, which is often the things that that Lovren used to and sometimes still yeah. does <laughs> let us down on. Um, so yeah, I think and his influence. And do you think he'll be a future captain? Um, I think it's entirely possible um i mean he's just been announced as the new captain of the netherlands um in, uh, in, at an international level or sorry his national team um and and he is he is that sort of player in my view in terms of um his leadership qualities his calmness his ability to organize those around him i think it will be quite interesting with the dutch team only because they're all so feisty and they all, um, you know, they all have an opinion. And, and, and historically, the, the Dutch teams have, all, have always liked to have a good row amongst themselves. But I think he's, um, yeah, I, I, he could. I also think subject to development and injuries and stuff, you could potentially see Alexander Arnold being a future captain of, of Liverpool. I think. Yeah. And, I think it's quite interesting because, um, and, and Randy, I sort of welcome your view on this. I think Steven Gerrard was so iconic as the Liverpool captain and Liverpool born and bred and, and all of the rest of it. Um, and it was, it was a hugely symbolic thing having Steven Gerrard as our captain and for all of those years. But the impression I get is that Klopp's not that fussed about the captain. Mm. There is a captain's role and it needs to be done and, and so on and so forth. And we've got Jordan Henderson doing it at the moment. But I don't think, and I don't know if it's a partic- peculiarly English thing about the importance that is given to the role of captain or if it was something because of Gerard, it became a particularly <laughs> a symbolic thing for us uh, at Liverpool. Because I guess there was a, equivalent thing i guess with john terry at chelsea um i don't know what you think for that randy yeah well i think that's very interesting because um i think you're right in one way it's if if we're going to get a new captain now we have to choose between is it going to be the new gerard because obviously if you point out trent alexander arnold which has said himself you know that his main goal in life is to become the new uh, Gerard for Liverpool and of course he's he's obvious he, he's probably going to end up playing midfield as well in the future so who knows but at the, at the other side you could say well do we need to put that pressure on somebody even though he wants it himself uh, does Liverpool need that or do 
you want to go with clubs i'm not fast you know and club says as well the captain has so many other duties it is a lot of pressure it's a lot of stuff going on so you have to have a person that wants to do that and you also have a ha have to have a person that can tackle handle it uh and for him it doesn't matter because he says we need all sorts of captains and going back to talking about milner uh, Loads of people have said, both plays and, and Klopp himself, that in the dressing room he is one of the most important characters, whether he plays or not. And we've got all sorts of different captains in this team. You've got somebody doing it out on the field without being a captain, like uh, Virgil now. If you look at that team and doesn't know anything about that team, you, you watch that first half uh, against uh, City, you would say he's the captain. And then you have the dressing room one, then you have the ones that does the interviews, then you have the ones, you know, it's so many. Mm. Uh, so to me, it's really difficult to say. I would like it. I would love it to be Trent Alexander-Arnold for Liverpool, for the fact of, you know, him being a scouser. At the other side, I sort of feel when we got Virgil, I thought, well, finally, we got that new captain. Because, as you said, Zilla, in, in, at the pitch, he, he certainly looks like one. So it, it's really, um, I would want it to be a new, uh, Gerard. I would want it to be Trent the way he looks now, the way, you know, that photo of him after the match when he goes two fists and everything. He's got it. And if he wants it, I would love that to happen. Yeah. I think, I think maybe there's a timing bit because, uh, like I said, he's, he's too young now, still developing. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't need that response ability now um i think gerard was 22 or 23 when he was made captain and that's that's also quite young but but i think if if alexander continues to develop and is in the team and all you know all of those sorts of things then i see no reason why he couldn't he couldn't do that but i do think it's important to have a gap because part of the problem is he'll then get start getting compared to Gerard, and he's not yeah. Steven Gerard. he never can be Steven Gerard. he can only ever be Trent Alexander-Arnold and be the best that he can be as the player that he is um, mm. because let's face it, I mean I, I listened to I watched the game back actually, which is very rare for me, but I did I watched the game back uh, on, on BT Sport because I couldn't hear, I couldn't hear the city hat fans throughout the whole game. <laughs> I didn't even know if they. It didn't look like they were singing, but I couldn't hear them. And when I listened to the game back, the atmosphere really came across on on the TV. But I also, because there were certain points where we were down, um, they were down at the, at the where the city fans were, where you actually heard them, and they they were. The two bits that I heard, one was they were singing, you're just like United, you live in the past. And the other one, they were singing about Steven Gerrard. And I thought, he hasn't played for us for four years. Yeah, who's living in the past now, Sid? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, I just thought, this is bizarre, right? You're you're on the ver verge of, of potentially winning the title. You know, this is a chamber, and you're singing about Steven Gerrard. So I just, I, <laughs> yeah, so, so, th so that's why I think it's important if we do have another scouser, whether it's Alexander Arnold or whoever it might be, that there should be a reasonable enough gap because there will always be that shadow of Gerard for the next mm. Liverpool captain who is a scouser. Um, so we have, and I just want to say one very last thing about the about the game on Wednesday, which was um, an honourable mention needs to go to Oxlade Chamberlain, who yeah. I also thought was outstanding amongst a, a sea of other players, and you know, lovely to see him get another goal. He obviously likes scoring against City, so hopefully I'll take that as a good omen for the return leg. Mm -hmm. um, but but I do when we signed him, I was saying to a number of people that I thought he had stagnated at Arsenal and actually coming under Klopp would be such a good thing for him because Klopp has that uh, history of developing young players. And I think, I don't think we've seen anything like the best of him yet, but I think next season, um, like I said, you know, and I'm saying this just because you know, of the injury situation, but injuries permitting, I think he could be magnificent for us next season. Um, so it was just a just a little thing. So let's let's have a brief chat about the derby because frankly, 
it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't really worth spending a huge amount of time on so long did you see the derby i watched the first half and then watched match of the day last night i was actually i won tickets to go and see reading versus preston with um season zine and, and women at the game um so oh, they, they, yeah it was, a, it was a group of 10 women they put us in the carabao box um it was the first time i've ever watched football with um like a, a huge group of women yeah yeah oh, cool. <laughs> yeah and, and a group of women that, that all loved football, but were all just, no one was particularly interested in either Reading or Preston from a fan's point of view, but it was a oh. really, really great experience um, to, to be around, you know, a, a group of women who love football and, and watch live football with them. So I was there, but I, uh, on the train on the way to Reading, I watched the first half on my phone, used up all my data allowance, but it was, it, <laughs> and, and I, can't, I can't even say if it was worth it, to be honest. I was hoping at least to get gold or something, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then and then sat through match of the day last night till the early hours of the morning to be able to watch us, which is an experience we haven't had in a while. Um, but yeah, I think it was particularly boring. But again, I'm not disappointed with it. I don't. I take a point easily. I take a clean sheet um, because in the grand scheme of things, and with a, with a bit of context, then Tuesday is is the most important thing. And I'm not often someone who gets gets angry i know i saw a few saw people i saw a few people being like well it's the merseyside derby it's a huge game we shouldn't shouldn't be uh you know taking games over other games is more important but come on like we we are very close to what we are best at which is european football and what we really really want um, and and to win that champions league so I, i'd like i'm more than happy with with Klopp's approach to the game and uh, each player put in a shift and it was just, you know, it, clearly we, we can't, it's a bit worrying because we can't really score or create clear cut chances without, you know, the magic of the front three, but it will get there. We'll get there. And Dan, that's Danny Ings' first start and uh, Dom, Dom Solanke is 20 years old. So, and they managed to draw against Everton um, with a bit of a, a mismatched team. So I, I'm, I, I was happy with it. Um, just, just sad I had to wait till all the way to the end of match of the day and watch quite a boring match when <laughs> uh, I could have been asleep. So, yeah, that's that's my two pence on the game. <laughs> Randy, did you watch the game? No, I did not, and I was taping it. <laughs> I was taping it to watch it later because I was out shopping with my daughter. She was up from London, so I was enjoying her time instead. And uh, thankfully I did because I did not watch it later, I must admit. Because I heard, I watched the highlights, and if you could call that highlights, you know, it's, it, it sounded very boring and it looked like Everton uh, could have played until today and not scored. And uh, I quite like what Klopp said afterwards that, you know, we're, we're very content because this was maybe um, the most mature game we've done uh, ever. Uh, and I think, well, maybe if that's what we needed at this time, that, that's fine. That's OK. Um, I'm not going to start panicking about that those two points missing because we're going to have to take it on later. <laughs> most important yeah. first now. So for me, it's like, well, Thank God nobody else will be injured because we don't need that. And uh, and we got one point. Yeah, I mean, we maybe in the first half we had a couple of options. Maybe we could have, maybe we could have scored. But yeah. um, I, I was actually tweeting before the game saying I've never been less interested in a Merseyside derby in my life. <laughs> Copy that. <laughs> I, I just, uh, it was just like, uh, just let's just get through it, you know. Put the academy kids out if you need to, um, you know. Let's be competitive. But um, you know what struck me as well was, um, you know, even with our in inverted commas second string team, they couldn't find a way to beat us. Everton um, were poor, weren't they? I mean, I know we weren't the best team, but there was some terrible, terrible football. And I don't know whether that was down to the surface because um, lots of passes were going astray. And there were points where I think, isn't it, um, did Henderson just play the ball? Or was it Henderson, Milner or Lovren? It was the, the three of them. One went to play the ball to the other two and the other two just ran away from the ball. And the other <laughs> player just picked it up oh, no. and ran with it. And, I was like, and then they just passed it. 
they, I think there was a bit, bit where Tom Davies broke, went to, did this magnificent run, went to lay it sideways and just gave it back to Liverpool. It was like, oh, it, it was like we were watching two teams that didn't know how to play football. It was quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable in a way. It, it was. I mean, for, for me, the, the, the positives were, um, we kept another clean sheet. Um, you know, with the, with the exception of the last 10 minutes when I think we were just tired, um, I, I think we, you know, we, we can, we pretty much controlled the game, didn't let them create too many chances. You know, obviously, Carrier's pulled off that really good save from Balassi oh, yeah. in the first half. Um, it was really good to see Klein out there again. Um, and for him to get, I think he got the full 90 minutes. Um, it was great to see Danny Ings get a start. Um, clearly we knew that Henderson was suspended, so he was always going to play. Um, and to be able to give, um, Firmino a rest, um, and not to pick up any other injuries. So, so yeah, it was, it was, you know, in this household, it was actually a complete non-event. Um, and, and I don't think I've ever been able to say that about a Merseyside no. derby before. And also, you know, there wasn't even a booking in the game. You know, when was the last time there was a Merseyside derby where there wasn't even a booking? And that, <laughs> I think that tells you the level of intensity or lack thereof. There wasn't yeah. that. Game. And I saw that on Twitter and, and I was and wondering thing, what happened. Why? You know, it's usually four yellows and maybe a red. But I saw this face of, um, of, uh, what's his name? I totally lost it now. Uh, on Everton. <laughs> you know, the old man no, no, really. really. I saw his face and he was saying something about this was so shit or this was so crap. He was, if you lip sync what he says. And he's yeah. like, yeah, well, that was it, wasn't it? And then, and then Big Sam says the same afterwards. And he's like, well, good for them. We really, really managed to annoy them, you know, and they didn't get much of this. So that's fine. And their feels- audience, they, you know, they were sharing for a corner. Like they won three nil or whatever, and that's that's all. I mean, that's something, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it does feel strange that Everton didn't um, go for us to to really capitalise on it. Yeah. Um, exactly. On a tired tired legs, they know what they know. Our minds are elsewhere a little bit, and they didn't. They were at home in a Merseyside derby. This is probably the Merseyside derby they've had the best chance of winning in a long time. Yeah. But I think it really shows the demise of Everton there's, there's yeah. huge huge problems there and it's it's a little bit like as much as we hate Everton etc etc and I think there is part of me that does want the two sides from Liverpool to, to at least be you know challenging Everton to be challenging pushing on knocking on the door of the top four just just for that bit of excitement it's the Premier League I don't want the gap between mm. the top six um, yeah. in inverted commas, to, to be bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, especially when Everton have spent so much money. You do yeah. want that that element of competitiveness. So it was a bit of a, it was a bit sad to watch that match where you think, oh, well, what's what's kind of happened when a Merseyside derby is this this rubbish? I just, I, I wanted Everton to come out and really push us a little bit more, it, like a part of me did, but then the rest of me was, you know, yeah, was, Tuesday is yeah. way more important. <laughs> Frankly, I was delighted they didn't. I mean, they didn't even give us a proper run out, mm. and that's the least I thought they would have given us. I thought yeah, they would have really been in one. our face and, and all of the rest of it. But yeah, it was it, it was a strange one, and clearly there were you know there were concerns and stuff. So so let's talk a let's talk a little bit about that in terms of the injuries because clearly. You know, we've got two days and then we're back um, at the Etihad. Um, and maybe we'll we'll touch on the Manchester derby because uh, I am curious as to what we think that may have done to the, the uh, mental strength or fragility of Man City in terms of the, the turnaround in that. But what do we what do we think the side is going to be on Tuesday? You know, bearing in mind the the sort of injury news that we are aware of at the moment. So, Salon, what what do you what do you think the team's going to look like on Tuesday? Same back line, and um, Robbo, uh, VVD, and uh, Lovren with Trent. Uh, well, uh, potentially Trent. I've seen seen tweets about Trent possibly moving into the uh, the midfield. Um, 
Really? Genie. Yeah, I saw some tweets that were maybe oh, we'll play Klein, Klein at the right, at right back with Trent in a midfield role, um, which could work in terms of midfield shortages. Um, I think the midfield is a tough one. Genie uh, has to because we've got no Henderson and no Chan. So Genie, Alex, I hope. Um, I can't. I can't see Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain not starting, and James Milner. Although was was quite surprised Milner didn't get a bit of a rest on on Saturday. Yeah. Um, and then the front three. I think Mo Salah. Hopefully, it was just a niggle. So and it's wise, totally wise, obviously not to play him this weekend. So yep. yeah, I think I think I'd be happy with that team. I think I'd be a bit more concerned if we did have um, Klein. Trent Alexander-Arnold playing just in front of him because of the freshness of that that scenario. We haven't we haven't played it before, and it feels like a an odd game to try something new. I think, but then also, I think Trent could strengthen that that midfield defensively. What we're going out to do is not concede, um, mm. or not concede three. <laughs> um, so I think, yeah. That, Having that extra, you know, two two fullbacks playing on on one side of the pitch, but then I don't really know where you where you put Alex Oxlade Chamberlain. So I'm mm. quite quite happy with the lineup that I've just gone with. Apart from the only big question mark I have is is Wijnaldum, because even though I thought he played played well on Saturday, um, he doesn't fill me with as much confidence defensively as a midfield that that played last week. Yeah, I think um, my my main my main concern would be um, making sure that that Robertson's Robertson's fit in terms of left back because apparently Moreno uh, got pulled out in the warm up because he would have played the derby, which would have made mm. sense to me. But he, I think he's got some sort of thigh complaint, which means he we may not have much in the way of backup other than potentially Milner. Because um, he has played there before, obviously the the previous season. So I uh, I'm I'm really hoping that that Robertson is is fit. Personally, I would leave Alexander Arnold at right back. Um, I know we've got Klein back, but I think him playing 90 minutes in the Merseyside derby, his first game for a year, I don't think mm. we could expect him to play another 90 minutes that quickly. Yeah. So. I would worry about his him being able to 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 stand up to, and he hasn't played a game of that intensity either. Because no. like bizarrely, the Merseyside derby, which is normally has a real intensity, did I? I didn't think it did. So in a bizarre way, it was a it was a good game for him to come back on. But I don't think he's ready to step up to Champions League level um, activity. So I I would have Alexander Olner still at right back. In terms of midfield, I do think it kind of picks itself because I don't think we've got anybody else. <laughs> so I think it's, I think it's, I think it's Ginny, I think it's uh, Alex, and I think it's Milner in midfield. And then, and then assuming Salah's fit, I think it's our our standard um, front three. Are you gonna are you gonna pull a rabbit out of the hat, Randy? You're gonna you give me an alternative to that lineup? Well, I'm afraid we haven't got much to choose from. Uh, I thought that was very interesting with Trent in midfield, but as you said as well, he hasn't, we haven't really practiced that in the game. So maybe that is a bit scary. And I would definitely go for Genie. I think he played very good at, uh, against Everton, if that is a test at all. Uh, and so it has to be Genie, Milner and Ox for me. And, um, hopefully Salah is going to be good again and, and Robertson as well. Because of course, if Robertson can't play, we have to, to have Milner there. So who's going to be? Then we have to pull Trent into the midfield. But no, I would definitely go with the same uh, same again, except from Genie then in the middle. Um, well, I guess we could play we could play old Ragnar in the middle. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh my god, he, you know. <laughs> Although he was doing a good job, you know. And no, thank you very much. Could you imagine if he had a blinding performance? How how rapidly his cult status would rise. Yes. He's already a cult hero. Imagine if he. Imagine Please. if he just absolutely bossed Kevin De Bruyne. We'd, uh, oh my god, that would be. His lovely, face would be etched into the cult, <laughs> wouldn't it? 
And you know what is really funny about that guy? Ragnar Klava played for my team in Oslo, Vorlerenga. He played for us like ages ago. And our manager at the time, he thought, no, we can't do with you anymore. You, you know, you're too old and too slow. And you get, you know, you're not a good footballer. So he sells him to Germany and then he comes and ends up in Liverpool and plays, you know. It is so funny. <laughs> it is absolutely horrendous. He is a cult already, yeah. That's brilliant. Uh, I didn't know he played for your, uh, your, uh, your Os- Norwegian side, your Oslo side. He did. <laughs> so now he's even, you know, we love him even more now, except from that coach, that, that manager that is, he must be feeling very bad about it all. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so just um, briefly, because um, I don't think, you know, like I said, I think that the personnel almost picks itself. Injuries permit it. Um, what do we, what do we think is going to happen on Tuesday? And I, and I, and I say that particularly in light of what happened in the Manchester derby last night. Um, which I, I don't think any of us were expecting after the first half performance. Um, I don't know whether I, I didn't see it. I listened to it on the, on the radio. It was on in the background as I was doing some other stuff. Um, but I genuinely do wonder now about Man City's psyche. Um, mm. because I don't think other than us and, and maybe you know, United today. I don't think anybody's really pushed them this season. And it seems to me that when they, when they get pushed, there is an underlying fragility that, that actually hasn't been visible because most people haven't been able to get that close. Cause I, I've seen a lot, you know, there's been a lot of chatter, obviously, and people saying, you know, it's three nil, but the tie's not over and so on and so forth, which, which I agree with. But, Having seen that performance, I, 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 it fills me with more confidence. Prior, to, had they had they gone on to win, I think I would have, I, I would have been even more nervous for Tuesday. Now, mm. I, I kind of think all bets are off. Um, I don't know, Salam. What do you think? I, I, I'm, well, I'm, I'm sort of curious as to how they're going to react to all of this. I think I am more nervous after yesterday's game. Um, mm-hmm. They didn't play Kevin De Bruyne or Aguero for the, for the entire game. Did they play Aguero for the whole game? No, they no. brought they they did, but they brought on Jesus, didn't they? Aguero came on, didn't he? No, yeah. um, Aguero. <laughs> Aguero started. Uh, didn't he? Was on the bench. Oh. Uh, Aguero was on the bench, and De Bruyne was on the bench, and, and he Jesus. brought them on in the second half as the game as the game started uh, falling hmm. away from them. So hmm. so yeah. they came on. It was. It was quite intense. Um, it got quite feisty. Yeah. Um, and they were chasing the game. So, so to my mind, that was all good having to bring them on and then, and mm. then what actually happened in the game. But, but yeah. yes, they didn't start. I think I'm a bit more nervous just because it feels like City can't keep losing. Um, there's going to be yeah. a point where they're going to have an incredible performance and turn this all around. And, we know, we know from this season they're, what they're capable of, and it feels like a t- Tuesday night at home, three nil down. There's no pressure on them in that in that sense that they have to retain or defend a lead. Everyone's going to go into this game thinking, oh well, it's sort of wrapped up. It's ninety percent in the bag for Liverpool, and I think that that comes with a special kind of release of pressure when you're on the other side of that when you're, it's an underdog sensation isn't it and mm. they are going to be wanting to to really get back into form and i think that that can provide a certain sort of mentality that that can really shake shake you and i think what's going to be absolutely key is Klopp's preparation of that team because if he can, if he can get into their heads and, and he is a, you know, he's an absolute master at doing this. Um, if he can make sure that every single player, none of them go into that game thinking, well, I don't think they would, but this is, this is going to be okay or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we go in with the same attitude that we went in with last week. I, I do, I do think then we will, we'll be okay, but 
again, it's going to take, I'm, I'm, I don't know if you can tell, but I am very nervous now. Tuesday. <laughs> I'm actually, um, I'm away with work. Um, there's four yeah. of us. We've got, we've got a two day team meeting, but on the Tuesday night, um, we are, I work in football. So, and my, I've got many Liverpool fans around me. So our uh, team social on Tuesday night is finding a bar and watching it as, <laughs> as a team, which will, uh, which will be lovely. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's something I'm, I'm not, I'm not excited about. I'm not excited for Tuesday night. I'm I'm a little bit fearful, which I wasn't for the last leg because I didn't have any expectations. I thought it's going to be great, whatever happens. Um, we're not. There's not a huge amount of pressure here, but now the pressure that we have hmm. to retain the three 0 lead and do a job over ninety minutes, I think, is uh, is a different kind of pressure, which is what makes me slightly nervous. <laughs> <laughs> but Randy, did did the, that performance not give you confidence that? If we have that team out, we can go to the Etihad and score. Yeah, and and that's the thing, and I completely agree with you because it, I also feel the nerves a lot because now suddenly we've got something to lose, and uh, I think Liverpool are best and and Klopp's teams are best um, believing that we are underdogs because then we're going to have a mountain to claim and climb and stuff. But now we've got something to defend, and that, that is a bit scary. At the same time. Uh, it's two-sided completely because we, we, I think we know we can score goals. If we got our front three fit and health, healthy, we can score goals. And I think we are going to do that. And that means they have to do even more. And, and if you look at Sterling, the last match, uh, he didn't really play against us, did he? So, uh, Sterling, he, he should have scored three, four goals. And that is going to happen sooner or later. So I'm sure they're going to score as well. So, oh, I don't know, but I mean, my dreams will be that, you know, it's going to be 3 0 up the city at half time. We're going to be 0 0 again. And, uh, Inks are going to score our goal, uh, one minute over extra time. Is that going <laughs> to, how does that sound for you? Is that okay? How's my, honestly, sort of, I'd, yeah. I'd like us to score after about two minutes <laughs> in the first half. <laughs> And just puncture their atmosphere. Okay, That's then. what I'd really like to happen. And then, uh, and then the second half, players controlled as we did in the second half of the first leg. That's what I'd like. Okay, I'll go for that one. Then. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I just, I, I think that losing the way they did to us <clears> and <throat> losing the way they did to United. Of course, they're going to come out fighting. They're a brilliant, brilliant team. But I just think there is a underlying fragility which we have managed to expose. And I and I suspect, well, I hope we will be able to expose it and take advantage of it again on Tuesday. I was really, really nervous before the derby. And bizarrely, mm. after they lost to United, I feel more confident. Mm. I've gone completely the other way way so anyway that's that's the beauty of football isn't it uh, yeah um it, it kind of, you're either you're either a pessimist or an optimist you know but basically football makes you bipolar but that's that's the conclusion i've come to <laughs> um so we know now that um we didn't lose the derby we've got a really good chance of getting to the semi-finals of the champions league subject to what happens on tuesday um, if we went out, would you still say we we were having a good season? If City managed to turn it round and we went out at this stage, would you still think we were having a good season? If we stay in top four, I would say we still have a good season. I'd be really disappointed, but and I'd be happy if we. Stayed, if, if we got third and we went out now, wouldn't be happy if we came fourth and went out now, just because we were very, very close to semi-finals. Mm. And I think a game against Barca or Real Madrid or something like that would be, that would be the peak for me. Um, so yeah, really, really, I know I've said previously that um, I'd be happy with top four in a deep Champions League run, but now I'm, now I'm in it. I'm in the <laughs> Champions League run. I want to go. You're getting greedy. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want, you want to go all the way. 
okay so let's let's flip. so my last question for today then so let's flip this so let's assume we have gone through who do you want in the semi-final on the basis that it looks like it's going to be Real Madrid Barcelona and Bayern Munich who do you want Bayern Munich next and then the Barcelona in the final okay yeah so I, I would quite like a Barca Real semi um, to bar- for Barca to win so us to get mm. Bayern but also I wouldn't mind Real Madrid would not mind Real Madrid and then a Barca-Bayern fi- final because in the minute the Real Madrid's form has been pretty under well well, it's Quite been under in La Liga. Yeah, yeah. In La Liga, yeah, definitely. But not in Champions League. Yeah, but I, it all just depends whether Ronaldo turns up, doesn't it? And I think mm. I'd, I, um, I'd be, I'd be fine with Real Madrid. I'd be fine with Bayern, and I wouldn't want Barca because I'd want them in the final because I think that would yeah. be incredible. <laughs> That'd be lovely. Okay. Well, I, I could, I could go with that. I, I actually wouldn't mind getting Real Madrid in the semi-final because I think, well, at this point, if we if we if we do the job against City, no none none of those three teams will want to face us. Yeah, uh, and Real Madrid as well are the perfect um, team for us to play against. It, like their fullbacks play so high that our front three would have so much space uh, to play into. So I think uh, they're they're like a great team for us to go up against, like a City. Whereas yeah. Bayern, I think, would be a would be a bit bit harder defensively to break down. So I imagine the Real Madrid game would be a total goal fest. Um, <laughs> uh, wouldn't, wouldn't Klopp like to go back and do a good number on Bayern Munich again? Maybe oh, that would be glorious. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope we have that opportunity come nine forty-five on or whatever it is on Tuesday night that uh, that we are through and we'll be in the semi-final draw on the sixteenth of April. So I'm going to draw this pod to a close. Ladies, it's been a delight having this conversation with you. Um, Really looking forward to next week. Thank you very much for joining me um, on quite relatively early uh, this time round. But hopefully we will do it all again soon. Uh, Listeners, thank you very much for tuning in. We appreciate your custom and uh, we'll talk to you all again very soon. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. Life goes on day after day Hearts torn in every way So fairy, cross the mercy Cause this land's the place I love And here I'll stay Podcast Network.